Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network right now, powered by E360 TV. If you're watching on social media, listening on the podcast, radio, I think I said social media already, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, any of the other platforms, thank you for your support. But those of you who are watching on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, thank you so much. You can find us at livemanaworldwide.org. We're so blessed to have you here today. We have an amazing guest. It's a friend of mine. It's very, very rare that I actually invite friends on my show because I like to get to know people. <laughs> so I like interviewing people I don't know. I don't like knowing anything about them. And if you saw the last episode, I, uh, I proved that I really do not look into the people I interview very much. I just, I, I, I trust the spirit inside of me to go, hey, you should talk to that person. And uh, of course, I got an egg on my face with that yesterday, <laughs> but that's okay. It ended up being a beautiful interview anyway. You'll want to check that out. Uh, but I'm honored to have my friend today, John Principal, on the show. He's somebody that I got to know a few years ago. And uh, it's just been one of those friendships that, you know, it's on the up and up. And it's authentic. It's raw. It's, it's honest. And it's, it, to me, it means a lot. Um, I don't have many friendships. And I definitely don't have many friends that it's just everything's on the up and up. It's just like, here's my scars, there's yours. And there's a love and respect with each other. And, and here's the thing. The coolest part about it is we don't necessarily even believe the same. And those, most of the people that are close to me don't necessarily believe like I do. Isn't that a novel idea? Um, but that's cool. And to me, that's what makes life beautiful is we can celebrate each other's differences because we can learn from those. If we're all the same, what the heck are we learning? What are we doing even? So much of us, so many of us want to try to conform and to fit into this little mold of, of what we think people want us to be instead of just going, who am I? And knowing that and stepping into who we are and owning our identity. And you know what? Who freaking cares if your identity and what you claim may offend some people or may bother some people? Because the fact is, the only person that you're really answering to is yourself. I mean, and God. But you're the one that has to wake up with yourself every day. So why not wake up with who you really are instead of what you're trying to, what else you're trying to be? Because here's the thing. You're a lot easier to love when you're yourself. When you're not yourself, well, are you really loved? Anyway, uh, I want to give a shout out really quick to State and Liberty. Thank you so much. Uh, I love our partnership. I love my suit <laughs> uh, because it's one of the few suits that I've ever bought that's ever been able to grow with me. My weight fluctuates like I'm like a bulimic or something. And then I go to severe obesity mode. It's just this crazy yo-yo effect I have. Um, but what I love about it is my suit will move with me. And uh, I love it. So go to stateandliberty.com. You can use promo code Joshua T. Berglund and save 20% on a suit, shirts, cufflinks, uh, pocket squares, it, really anything. They have men and women's clothes, absolutely fantastic, made in America, and they literally have the best customer service you can imagine. Also want to give a shout out to Pathwater. Um, we've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks. I'm very passionate about stopping plastic pollution because, well, other than the fact that it's poisoning you, I like nature. I like our oceans, I like our beaches, I like mountains, and seeing plastic litter all over the place, including stupid freaking mask. Put your mask in the trash. Seriously. Like, for all you yo-yo heads that are still masking up, and you talk about protecting and being safe and everything else, 
boy, I'm going to go on a rant. I should save this for John. My God. But then you throw your mask, and you let your mask, and you pollute the earth with your dirty freaking mask. But then you're wearing a mask? Like, how much sense are you really making? What the heck? I mean, it's freaking for real. I'm, I hate pollution. I don't like littering. And you people that throw your cigarettes out on the, and let them blow all over the place, ah, shame on you too. Freaking litterers. We have a beautiful planet. Like, God gave us a beautiful place to dwell, and we just crap all over it and act like we don't care. Well, that includes plastic pollution. So I love Pathwater. They may not like that little rant, but whatever. I'm very passionate about stopping it. And this water bottle right here, this is the same one I've been using for two weeks. Drink that one yesterday. But the fact is, it's a reusable water bottle. It's no more expensive than those little plastic bottles that you go and buy. This is aluminum. And this can be reused, washed, and cleaned, and use it as much as you want. Put your pre-workout in it, whatever. It's great tasting water. Go to Pathwater, drinkpathwater.com, and use promo code Joshua T. Berglund, and you will save 20%. Also, thank you to everyone who supported The Devil Inside Me. You can scan that barcode there at the bottom and purchase our book. All proceeds go to our mission at the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation and Multimedia Broadcast Network, and our mission to elevate the voices for the voiceless and while elevating the passion, purpose, and mission of those we are blessed to serve. Whew, that's a mouthful. Anyway, I'm, again, so excited to introduce uh, my friend John to the show. And uh, you guys are going to love it because here's the thing. There's a lot to talk about with John. Uh, he's got a lot going on. I'm going to show you this clip, and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an absolute honor to me to introduce to you 
one of the most special people that I know, uh, somebody that has given his life in service to others, a person that sacrificed his life for the freedom uh, that we all are blessed to have. He's an upstanding citizen of his community. He's a TV host. He's a, he's, he's a tattoo shop owner. He's, he's, he's a former police officer. He's somebody that is just absolutely, I, like I said, he's given his life uh, for for our freedoms to protect us and he's done work that most of it I don't even think he can talk about half of it that said other than him being my friend he's somebody that I honor and respect um, and I appreciate for the man that he is ladies and gentlemen please welcome John principal what's up my man hey buddy how you doing I'm good man good to see you you as well studios looking good I'm it's it's coming along. I nice. as you've learned with me and our friendship, I we're constantly stretching, but we are grateful for what we have. But yeah, yeah. we're gonna try new things and test things out, and it's been fun, man. It's been a fun journey, and it's not ever perfect, but it's uh, we are blessed to to see the growth. Everything from a starting on a phone to now having a studio. It's just and yeah. sponsors and everything else. It's just. It's really, really humbling, and it's something that I'm extremely grateful for. But with that said, John, what are you grateful for today? Oh, God, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful for uh, my family. I'm grateful for my children. Um, I'm grateful that City of Kenosha didn't burn down last week, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's been a great time. Um, you know, the pandemic, obviously, pandemic sucked. And I, you know, I feel like the mouse in the wheel, but it's been an interesting um, time in our lives where you kind of get to reflect on who you are and what's important. And since we all have this amazing amount of downtime because you can't go anywhere for the most part, everything's either restricted or, you know, you're waiting in line to get in a restaurant for two hours, that kind of thing. It's a great time for me for self growth. I mean, I've just discovered new stuff and, learn new things and try to improve situations for us you know we've we've talked like we'll send each other messages memes like we we go back and forth or we'll find some piece of information and you know we have we obviously have different beliefs with where things are going at some at some and, and then other things that were 100 percent aligned mm-hmm. but one of the things that um one of the the times that we were in communication quite a bit was when the rioting first started in Kennesaw. What a year ago? Yeah, and then August. the the trial and everything that was going on with Rittenhouse here recently. And I want to first go back to a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have experienced natural disasters. Hopefully, not too many people, but a lot of people have experienced natural natural disasters. And then you have something like a riot in your city, in your community, your home. And that's something like, even for me, like I I wasn't here in in Minnesota. I I was here visiting when the riot started. The same, very similar, the parallel riots that were going on at the time. Yeah. And that I felt led to stay instead of going back to Los Angeles where I consider home. And, um, but I just even witnessing it, it hurt my heart, but I had no ties to the city other than the fact that I thought it was the coolest city, one of the coolest cities I've ever been in, in Minneapolis. But for you, that's your home. That's literally your community that these riots break out. 
Can you yeah. speak to that, like what your first reaction was and just that process of being a citizen, being a former police officer, being somebody that wants justice, that wants people to be free, people to just respect each other. Speak to that for me, if you would. I was on my couch watching uh, the news and a friend of mine texted me a video and said, this just went viral. And it was the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha. And I went, oh, that doesn't look good at all. Um, it didn't know any details of it, you know, what happened, why, how, you know, names, histories, nothing. But I knew it was bad the moment you saw the video. I knew it, the way it was going to kind of explode. I didn't expect what happened, but it, you knew it was going to get ugly. And uh, a good friend of mine's on KPD, and I shot him a text and I said, Where are you? And he's like, Oh, we're at Family Photos. So check your messages. And immediately my phone rang. He goes, Oh my God. You know, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't look good. And uh, then we just started watching the live stream. And we were watching the crowds gather at the scene and how things were developing and how, you know, it, it was it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you were waiting for that flashpoint of where you knew it was going to go. And we're watching the build, watching the build. And then all of a sudden, one of the officers that was there at the scene took a brick to the back of the head and i went here we go and they started and, and the crowd started getting bigger and louder and more worked up and violent and then they there was a march and they started marching as a huge crowd and then the crowd went down to the courthouse and that's when the initial riots started and we were all watching it you know live streaming um, and I live pretty far away from that area, like, well, not pretty far, but about probably six miles from that area. So we weren't too concerned with that. They were down, you know, the crowd was downtown and it was kind of managed that way. And uh, we started seeing the windows break and the spray painting and the small fires and stuff. And then that was the end of it. Okay, fine. Well, the next day, more and more people from out of town started showing up throughout the day. And you saw so many plates, you know, with, you know, no registration, cars, no registration, out of town plates, that type of thing. And then you started seeing buildings, you know, boarding up and getting ready. We were kind of just like, what in the hell is going on? Like, this is not our normal life. We've never experienced this. So, you know, we boarded up our business and um, that type of thing. Um, I was actually, my business is like, six blocks from where the initial shooting happened. So when we were watching the live stream, we were watching everybody march, you know, and all I kept thinking was, is don't, don't go that way, go the other way, go the other way. And they did, and we were fine. And, you know, um, a lot of the neighborhood came out and told us, oh, you guys are good, no problem, you do a lot for the community. And we thought, you know, I appreciate that. We'll make sure nobody, you know, nobody comes near your stuff. You know, I love you guys for that, thank you so much. And they totally did. So we were, we were good there, but our neighborhood where we lived, um, where we live is very close to one of the kind of strip malls in the area that was going to be targeted. Um, so and you could see on social media, here's, you know, people were posting, wear a mask, bring a bag, dress in all black, here's where we're going. And they were listing the areas of where they're going to hit and where they're going to target and loop. And of course, it's right by our house. So we're like, uh-oh. So 
I tell my wife, I said, listen, I'm going to sit on the front porch all night. That's just what I'm going to do. If there's a car that drives by, you know, I'll deal with it and kind of shoo them off. And that'll be it. And she says, no, you can't. And I'm like, well, I, I got I to gotta stay outside. She says, no, not that. She goes, you can't leave the neighborhood unprotected. She said, this is what you do. This is what you've done. This is what you know. You have to go out and you've got to lead them. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a leader. You know, I'm not, that's not what I was trying to do. And she's like, no, you have to. I was like, okay. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, a couple of the neighbors, you know, we'll get together and kind of wander around. And my wife arranged for about 30 people to be in our driveway at five in the afternoon waiting. And like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? So one of my next door neighbors is a retired major in the army. And they said, okay, I can do the tactical stuff, but I can't organize this. This is not, you know, what my forte is. So he organized it and we guarded our neighborhood for about five days. Uh, there were two entrances to our neighborhoods and we literally set up blockades and didn't let anyone in that didn't live there. Uh, we shoot away probably a dozen, dozen and a half vehicles that were trying to get in that didn't belong there. Um, you know, we were armed and, you know, we definitely made a statement that you're not getting in. And sure enough, the strip malls that were listed as going to be hit were hit, you know, and they were looted and it, it was pretty close. It hit real close to home. Um, the second night was horrible in the city. Uh, everything was burning and on fire. We could see it. We were live streaming it to watch it, to kind of keep an eye on where the crowds were. The third night um, was probably worse. It was just mayhem everywhere, destruction everywhere. And it was very random, too. Um, by that time, you know, um, the National Guard was out, but they weren't allowed to engage. They could only observe. Um, the police weren't really allowed to do much. They can kind of just were reactive under orders. And then, obviously, Rittenhouse had his shooting, and things calmed down right away after that. Because then they knew it was, it was serious. They had to, you know, squash the riots, and they had to stop what was going on because now people are getting killed and that, that's when it became a big issue. So. That is a lot to yeah. absorb. Yeah. What, what was the initial reaction of the community and then how did it kind of evolve from the initial reaction? Of the riots? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I the ninety nine percent of the community didn't want anything to do with it. They, you know, it wasn't everybody. I mean, it was people that lived in those neighborhoods. See, that's the thing. The neighborhoods that were affected, like there, there was two areas in town that were really hit hard with the fires and um, the destruction. And the the people that live in those neighborhoods were screaming, "Don't! Not here! Not here! You know, don't do this!" And it was crazy to drive by. Cause I remember I sent you those photos. It was crazy to drive by and see the signs and see like people painting, literally just painting on the building, children upstairs, please don't burn this down. This is a church, you know, family lives up here, that type of thing. Um, so the community that lived in the neighborhoods and obviously the surrounding communities didn't want that. But the people that came to destroy just didn't care. And they, 
set fire to everything. I mean, there were some things that were set fire to, like the probation and parole office. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, um, the courthouse was damaged. They put a huge fence around the courthouse. I get it. You know, the police station was damaged. I get it. But, you know, mom and pop shops, they didn't do nothing. You know, these, these are community members just trying to make a living and trying to improve where they live and improve the city. No one did anything to them. So, that was tough. And there, I mean, there were there were some businesses that were like the one, for instance, there was a camera shop in town. It's been around over 100 years. It was burned down. You know, um, there was a tattoo shop that was burned down. There was just so many businesses and they haven't been rebuilt. You know, there, there's a whole area that's just still burned out that just is boarded up. There are things that have been torn down. I think we exchanged this video. It was the woman talking about how the spots were hit were not random at yeah. all. They were strategic because they knew that they didn't have insurance or, mm -hmm. and so that they could come in. There's a, it's not gentrification, but it's like a forced, uh, I, I don't know exactly what, I forgot the name of it, but essentially what it is, is to put those people out of business. They can't pay to repair their building and all of that. So then it goes up to auction and these people that have the money go in and buy that land. And a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody on my show about Minneapolis with the same thing on Lake Street, how those each one of those were strategic location that was hit in that people or the people that went and bought that land. You would be shocked. No, you wouldn't. You would be shocked. No, you wouldn't about who bought is buying that property and what their intention is with that property. And so yeah. it kind of it makes me believe that, and I've kind of always say that we were in a movie anyway, because all of this feels so scripted at this point where it's just, it's all connected and it can't be just connected out of coincidence. It's gotta be planned. So we witnessed people being bust in to riot. That Did you see too. the same thing too? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we had we had Antifa bust in. We had a lot of different people bust in. That's like I said. I mean, yeah, there were locals obviously that were here, sure. that were outside, out there, you know, raising hell. But there were so many people from out of state, um, you know, that that came here to do nothing more than tear it up. And especially with the news media and the way they were, I mean just pumping it up you know i mean being from a town of a hundred thousand people i mean when i was born here there was like sixty thousand but that was like the first census i remember now there's a hundred thousand and you know you hear you know kenosha on the news growing up you're like oh wow that's cool we made the news now you're like, here we go again you know um yeah they were bust here there were there were bricks put out there were pallets of stuff left out randomly there was the neighborhoods that were destroyed were definitely, you know, areas that, uh, the, well, the uptown in Kenosha, the uptown part, they call it on 60, 60th Street to like 71st ish. You know, it, you know, it, some of it is lower income and some of it is lower income businesses, and they were all destroyed, no doubt. Um, the downtown area that was burned up, you know, some of that area was some of those businesses you know that's all our downtown is they've been trying to revive it for 20 years and uh some of that went up too so it's it's interesting but yeah we had, we had certainly had buses of people coming in and um they were very 
quickly tried to be, you know, escorted out the best they could. Wow. It's easy when money's being pumped into the situation for political gain. Oh, I mean, again, this to me is because I, I get I, I've you know, I've spent a lot of my time in what I educate myself with is not so much what's happening in the natural or what's happening now. It's what it's connecting the dots to where things are going. Yeah. And and it's easier when you see where things are or know where things are going. It's easier to see the chain of events that are happening that are like, oh. Well, that's how they're going to do that. And one of the things that with the destructions of the cities and part of Agenda 2030 is the smart cities because they want everybody out of the suburbs, out of the country. You don't own land. You're going to be in all of these giant high rises where everything's connected. The Internet of bodies, in other words, your body is is hooked into the network, the blockchain and the smart cities where there's driverless cars and that the, the people talked about the flying cars and the cities of the future. Well, that's what Agenda 2030 is. Everything's yeah. connected. That's what 5G is all about. The Internet of everything. Well, now it's the Internet of bodies that's coming next. But what do you think the vaccine's about? And, I mean, it's just, it's so easy to connect the dots, the new, the new financial system that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, so it's hard to, it's, 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 you're looking at all this and going, well, someone's pulling the strings. So that means the government's involved somehow, Not maybe not all of them, but some, that means the police are involved some that means that you have congressmen that means you've got paid actors i mean there's a lot of people in power that are involved in make in orchestrating all of this stuff so as someone that has given your life in service to his fellow man to his country to his community how does that make you feel to know that people you've worked with may be involved in pulling the strings for all of this madness you know, money is a funny thing. <laughs> um, it, uh, you know, it can change people very quickly, very easily. And in a political spectrum, of course, you know, you have, you have congressmen and senators that are making, you know, good amount of money. They're making 175, 200 grand a year. It's a good amount of money. It's nothing bad. I am. And they're there for 10 years, and all of a sudden their net worth is net, net worth is 110 million. And you have to stop and think, well, wait a minute, how did you pull that off? Like, how did that work? Oh, well, it's insider trading and being a member of a board of CEO of a company. And look at that, you got stock in Pfizer and Moderna and, you know, Johnson Johnson. What a surprise. You know, yeah, I, I read the one thing they said about. Nancy Pelosi and her stock trading was like 99.7% accurate, which is never been done it's mathematically possible but hers is and that's how she's you know she's making millions and millions and millions and millions which i thought it was lawyers that she's now just bought a 25 million dollar home in florida because the taxes go figure you don't want to stay in california do and wait but, a second um, what about global warming too and the sea ri- ocean yeah. the sea levels rising like what yeah. about all that crap why would you buy a beach home if you were worried about yeah. that you know i read something or i watched a video once and i, and I, I wish i could find it they said, I'll believe that the sea is going to rise and it's going to swallow up the coast when insurance companies stop insuring homes on the water and mortgage companies stop selling mortgages for homes on the water. And I went, oh, yeah, you're right. That's actually Because there's too much money to lose. You're absolutely right. No one's going to insure a home that's going to be guaranteed flooded. So 
So when they stop selling beachfront homes, then I'll, then I'll consider it a real deal for that. I mean, no yeah. doubt. I love the environment. It's obviously, you know what? You look at a, a semi-truck driving by and it's black and smoke. It obviously can't be healthy. But, you know, there's also a lot of money to be made, too. I mean, Al Gore made how much off this film? It was $60,000 home in the middle of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's... I don't... I'm not smart enough to to tell you the science of global warming, but I know there's a lot of money to be made and what, but sure, the sure. thing that bothers me so much is, I mean, look like Tesla for a space age looking car. It, I mean, my God, I, I would drive a Tesla for sure. Cause it's, yeah. it's awesome. I saw the new Tesla truck going against a Ford and it just wrecked it. Like it, the, 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 the power in a Tesla mm -hmm. is far superior to any other car that I'm aware of. And all that's cool. But the thing is, those aren't any better for the environment because of what you have to do to be able to get that car on the lot. That's yeah. polluting the environment too. Those, you think those batteries are good for the environment? Yeah. yeah. So it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know if I know that there's manufactured weather. I know that the they can weaponize weather. They've been able to do it for 50 years or longer. Yeah. It, it's a thing. So it's like, and the government has lied to us about the vaccines. Everything. They've lied to us about how everything. long we would be locked down. They lie about everything. So how can you trust anything at this point? Well, the perfect example of that is, okay, so they created cars. And, you know, the first car was like 1890 or something like that, right? Yeah. We've had cars for over 100 years. Awesome. In that time, we've flown. We've gotten planes up in the air. We've got satellites in the air. We've gone above and beyond with rocket technology. You're telling me I can't come up with a car that can get more than 25 miles to the gallon? You're telling me that you haven't figured out a better fuel source than oil? No, of course they have. You've seen the arguments about hydrogen cars and about, you know, well, we got a car that can run on seawater and we got this, we got that, and they disappear. Why? Well, big oil's got so much money into Congress that they're never gonna change it. it it's, it's There's too much money involved. When you get in Congress and you're handed all this money and they hand it to you and go, here you go. Just for being a friend of us, here it is. We wanna pay for A, B, and C. They're never gonna change it. That's why electric cars, when they can, they can make this push and they can say, everything needs to be electric. Everything needs to be electric. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. But you and I both know that until electric cars or the people making the electric cars pump more money into DC than oil and gas, it's never gonna happen, you know? Yeah, and there's there's part of the other thing too with Agenda 2030 and the cars that they want, which was would be all electric, where you can hack electricity. Yeah. Like they can hack into it so your car can be controlled, therefore you can be controlled. You can yeah. be suicided, you could be your car shut down the same way that they want you know, the one world currency, which we, you and I kind of go back and forth about this one, but they can control it when it's connected mm -hmm. to the blockchain. Whoever controls the blockchain can, controls everything. And, yeah. and so and the you currency, get your social credit you scores and everything else. And sure. Yeah. yeah. It's such an interesting time to be alive. I, so I saw today and I showed, um, you know, I, I like to get into the dark web and look every once in a while. And I took a break from it. But today I saw something that came from there um, asking about the 10 days of darkness. And, you know, we've heard about, I think we've heard about this for the last, you know, two years that it was going to happen and the date comes and goes. And, yeah. but yeah. today I saw on this date 
or December 6th. It was posted December 6th. When, uh, when will the 10 days of darkness happen? And the response was shutdown, which would lead you to believe the government shutdown, which would be December 6th of this year. That's when the actual, so it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens over the next few days. But as a police officer, as somebody that has also served uh, our country, how would you advise for people out there that are we're heading into the situation? Let's just say we get true 10 days of darkness, no electricity, no internet, no communication. Um, let's just say that happens. What, in your opinion, uh, it, is, it would be the right thing for families to do to protect themselves? Um, the three most important things you're going to need for that is fuel source for heat because we're getting in winter. Right. Yeah. You're going to need food and water. So you need substance and you're going to need self-protection. So communication as well. You know, if, if there is such thing as, you know, small band radio, that type of thing, you would definitely need that. But when you take away communication on a mass scale, such as cell phones, like I, I think the only two people, I, three people I know that have house phones are my mother and my two aunts and they're all over 70. So other than that, you don't have house phones anymore. Everything is cell phones. Um, you know, you take away the news source, you take away the internet, you take away all of that. You're also taking away the ability to pay for things because the credit cards aren't going to work. The ATMs aren't going to work. You're not going to be able to withdraw your money, which will create a panic on its own. There'll be a run on the banks as well. So you have to figure that it's such a ripple effect of not just shutting the power off, it's shutting everything off. Um, if you don't have food at home, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to go find it. Well, what does that entail? That entails stealing because you can't pay for it now. You don't have your credit. So that's going to involve self-protection. Obviously, you know, we're, we're a Second Amendment country, thank God. And that's something that, you know, people are going to go out looking for food. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're, they, they have their needs. What are you going to do? Tell a, a, a new father you can't get diapers for their baby. They're sorry. Your baby can't get baby formula. He's going to go find that. He's going to go get it, you know, and there's going to be the opportunist as well. So I think at that point, it's a matter of round up who's most important to you. Find a central location that you guys can defend for yourself and ride it out. That's about all you can do. I mean, everyone's going to experience a loss, whatever it is. I mean, if it comes to a point of, you know, kind of like the riots here or Minneapolis or, you know, that type of thing, it was, well, what is most important to me at this point? That's what has to be defended. And you have enough that you don't need to leave the house because you don't want to get caught outside after dark. And that's kind of the way it was. And that was the weirdest thing about, one of the weirdest things about the riots here was about the, the curfews and the don't be outside after dark and that was the strangest feeling of being like six years old again and your mom telling you to come in the house because you know, once darkness hits nobody was on the roads that should have been you know if you were on the roads at after six there was a reason and it wasn't a good one it was it was strange it was a strange feeling so i think um you know if that does go that route that's what you're gonna see all over again and it's it's a scary time yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know why, but I find myself excited that it's going to happen because I, I believe that 
for any amount of chaos and evil that we see break out, there is going to be an equally great, greater response on the flip side. We're going to see the best of people too. Yeah. And that is encouraging to me because um, I believe it. I think, I think that I, it's inevitable that we're going to see chaos. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's like they're not even hiding. Yeah. Because even with the, the, the vaccine, yeah, yeah, they're not even they're not really even hiding the side effects anymore. Like they're like it's now it's not even leaking out. It's just like now part of the news, and some people have their heads so far up their butt they can't even read the truth anymore. Um, of course, then again, how do you know if it's real or not? But this, they're talking about this new variant, for instance. All the everything in that variant is what the side effects of the vaccine is. Mm-hmm. So. Put two and two together, people. The disease is in the vaccine. <laughs> like, yeah. And guess what? The, all of the people vaccinated, the people that have been boosted and everything else. Some of you guys are going to be, some of you nurses that are out of a job, uh, guess what? You have a higher calling because you're going to be called to the streets. We're going to see some pretty wicked, evil stuff. And we're going to see yeah, people yeah. dropping dead all over the place. You know, that's a reality. With this one, I, I don't know. I kind of take the other route. I think that really? this one is so weak. Like the original doctor that found it in South Africa, she was saying that, yeah, I discovered this variant. And I thought to myself, first of all, how the hell did you discover it? Like, how'd you know to even look? But cool. Okay, let's go with that. And she says that, oh, super mild symptoms. Slight fever, slight chills, slight body aches, runny nose, kind of a scratchy throat. And literally says in the article, not sore throat, but scratchy. And went, oh, it's a cold. Okay, cool. So now what? The variants are getting weaker as we go. But let's keep the money train going because we have to keep producing these vaccines and keep pumping people full of it because, let's face it, seven, eight, ten, twelve billion dollars a quarter. It's a lot of money. And I have no problems with people wanting to get the vaccine. That's great. Get it. I have friends that swear by it. Awesome. Do it. But I think everybody should have a free choice. I don't think there should be ever a forced anything. That's not what this country was based on. You can't force somebody to put something in your body. And I don't. And the science behind it, let's face it, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It's not adding up. There's no way that they know every aspect of the you know side effects to this this thing just started a year ago year and a half ago now all of a sudden you can tell me you're going to know what's going to happen to me in 10 years you have no idea and you think of all these drugs that where i have been on the street have been for sale and been recalled after 10 15 years because they realized hey these cause cancer didn't know it 15 years ago we did our testing but now we know we never did that you know the, the fact that they hide the the fact that you can't even look up what the actual side effects are, they're hiding their test results. The VAERS website is what, 1% accurate because nobody can put on. I know my mom tried to log on to it and she's had, she got the two shots, she didn't get the booster, but she's had horrible side effects. And she's tried to put on there what it is, she can't even do it. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, my familiarity with graphene oxide and mRNA is what initially makes me nervous, but then my initial, but even before the understanding that of graphene oxide and mRNA being involved, I, when I first 
you know, the, the outbreak came, I remember seeing Gilead, the, the drug company being involved with the, the research and finding the cure. And I thought, that's awfully fishy. Yeah, like yeah. that's the HIV drug yeah, company. Yeah. That's the medicine I take. This is weird. So I started investigating. Then I got to learn about Fauci's involvement with HIV and AIDS. And, I, and then I go, well, wait a second. He's yeah, being yeah. pushed to the front. So connecting the dots, then I start, you know, doing some research and then I start seeing the things that I'm like, oh boy. And of course, even though I'm comfortable talking about having HIV, I'm not comfortable saying everyone who's got the vaccine or had the boosters, you probably should go get tested. Uh, I, I sat on it for two years and it just has been bugging me, but I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. And then finally I couldn't hold it in any longer. I was like, I got to tell everybody. I, I saw, and, and I, I saw because the, the symptoms, the, the way that you would know that you may have HIV, the symptoms, the side effects, are very, very similar, very similar. I'm not saying exactly, but I'm saying similar enough that you should probably go get checked just because it is a man-made virus. It, there is, it's indisputable. Uh, it's indisputable that that, that that virus was bought in a lab, purchased, and then yeah. it was purchased for the sake of being weaponized. And what it's weaponized with, other than the mRNA and graphene oxide, and look, all the vaccines are different. Like, they're not the same ingredient with each one. So, I don't know if HIV is in the same one with mRNA and graphene oxide, but I will tell you that it is very likely that HIV of some kind is in the vaccine, and it's worth being checked for. And I know it sounds crazy, but there is legitimate evidence to prove it Especially if you look at the doctors talking about CD4 counts, which plays a major role in HIV and like whether yeah. you have it or not, or if you're going to get AIDS or not, <laughs> like yeah. that is worth going to get checked. Call me what, crazy, call me no. a conspiracy theorist, but it's all starting to like unfold before our eyes. Well, the thing is, is yeah, I could call you crazy about it if the government and everybody involved would have been straightforward and honest from day one. And they haven't been. They haven't. No. So you don't know what you're dealing with. You have no clue. And I don't care who's president. I don't care if it's Trump or Biden or whoever it is. The fact of the matter is, is when this thing popped off, all of a sudden, well, it came from Wuhan. We have a lab there that's working on this exact same stuff illegally, mind you, because they're not supposed to do it. And the doctor that's running it is doing it illegally with money funded from his own company because he's not supposed to do that. But it didn't come from there. It came from a wet market two blocks away, coincidentally enough, off of a bath that happened to crap on some meat or something. Now, listen, I know a lot of good stories. I've heard a lot of good stories, but looks like a duck, walks like a duck. It's probably a duck. And you'll never convince me it didn't come from that lab. Accident or not, intentional or not, that's where that thing came from. And they're still denying it. So all credibility coming from Fauci is gone right then and there. Yeah. And him being involved in HIV in the 80s, him being involved with Ebola back in, what was it, the 90s? And, you know, his testing on the animals and people, all that's needed for medical. I don't understand why putting dog's head in sand fleas can give you anything but grotesque results. So I don't know. I don't, I don't believe any of it. I know that Congress holds a shit ton of Moderna stock 
and that went from 60 bucks to 480 so again People getting paid man yeah you know follow lines you know i try and look at everything with a critical mind when it comes to that stuff i mean it's the former cop in me of going ah oh, wait a minute hold on you know i've and i've always said it, it the simplest answer is usually the truth it's always the truth what is the simplest answer uh, okay, well, the simplest answer is they were working on this stuff illegally it leaked out the government's panicking that's how they were able to pop up a vaccine so fast is because they already knew what the virus was they pop up this vaccine hoping for a hail mary pass you know it's not that deadly and i mean it's it's, it's tragic that the amount of people that have died it's 100 percent tragic one is too many one million is far too many um but it's got it again it's got a 98 percent survival rate so if you want to go conspiracy minded it's a lot of money to be made for two percent for sure well that and they told us in an event 201 what was going to happen so yeah Which and, and, and it's, it's not just the vaccine where the money is it's all the side businesses that have popped up you know i mean the mask business the ppe business the the damn signs that you see stay six feet apart somebody's making those and making money i mean it is just spending it's non-stop it's it's a, it's a money printing machine they're just weighing it they can't even count them. Yeah. And the industry itself has created this sub-industry. The virus has created the sub-industry of finance, of this is what's going on. Well, now it also affects, well, my wife's worked virtually now from home for two years. So now all these businesses are doing this virtual stuff, which is keeping people separated. Now you have a virtual home business of, well, what do you need? Well, you need desks, you need monitors, you need this, you need that. It never ends. It's just this perpetual new economy. And I think that... On top of that, you have, you know, like you had before Christ and after death, right? BC and AD. You have before the Industrial Revolution and after. I think we have the pre-pandemic and post-pandemic life. Things are never going to change. Things are never going to go back to the way they were. You will always see people walking around with masks from this point on. You will always have restaurants or places that are going to stay six feet apart or going to stay at 50% capacity or whatever it is. It's never going to go anywhere. But now what do you have? You have cryptocurrency pounding the streets. It's going everywhere. You have now, I'm sure you saw the metaverse with Facebook and how they're pushing this virtual reality stuff. I just read yesterday that I, and I don't even know how this works. And I asked my 11-year-old and he didn't even know. And he's usually on top of this. Um, they sold a piece of virtual property in the metaverse for $2.2 million of U.S. currency. Why? <laughs> well, it, it doesn't exist. It's a piece of code. You just bought a piece of code of a property. It's like the NFT. I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not, but I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a piece of 8-bit graphic that looks on like it's from a Nintendo cartridge from 1986. But all of a sudden, that's worth $550 million, like Hunter Biden's artwork is. It's kind of weird. But there's all these sub businesses and currencies and things popping up that you can't go well you know maybe it's all coincidence maybe it's not i i'm going to say something and i have one more question before we end this because i could I, this is the thing when you ask me like what are we going to talk about i'm like i don't know yeah because there's I, we talk about so much oh, there's yeah. so many areas to go but what's going to happen is this the economy is going to crash like yes, along yes. with and when the blackout happens 
we're going to see the new financial system. And I like that's one thing, but they're going to crash it all. They're going to crash it all. And then you're going to become dependent. It's and then you're going to have reset. a choice if you're going to take the mark or not. And in part of that, and to be able to get into the new financial system, you will have to take the mark. So the reason why I've been saying everyone needs to start building their media company now is because it will be the last line of defense against AI. And that may sound crazy, but the days of CNN being in power or, or Fox or any of these other platforms, it's going away. Yes. It's going away faster than you can imagine. So the sooner you start preparing yourself, audience, and I said it two years ago, I mean it more now than I did then, that it is the, it is, it, it, it's your freedom. Yes. Unless if you want to be part of the machine, that is what they've built, it is is it you need to build your media company because metaverse like what people think it is is this beautiful utopia and it's the furthest thing no, you can watch the lawnmower man consuming everything yeah you, right and it's 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 they're gonna take your soul yeah. like watch the lawnmower man that will give you yeah. an inkling of where we're going and that movie came out in 92. did so you anyway, see the movie uh surrogates with bruce willis no is that good <laughs> Watch that and then call me when you're done. Okay, because I, that's where we're going. I think you're gonna, Jessica's you will gone. I'll tell. You will literally crap yourself. Cool. That's where you're going. That, I, is, that is, it makes you do I that. I mean, it is exactly, if there's ever been something that's going to foretell it, what's, where this is, this is it. Because they talk, not, they don't call it the metaverse. But that's exactly what, if you look at the Facebook Avatar, yeah. oh, great. Now I'm going to get banned from Facebook. If you look at the Facebook advertisement Join me. that they have going and this movie, that's it. All right, I'm going to check it out. And the other thing, too, I think another thing to top on that when you talk about media and CNN and Fox and all them disappearing, I think that's the greatest thing that's happened because of social media. It's not a matter of, oh, you get to reconnect with your friends from high school. I, no one cares about that. What it is is that now, because of TikTok and because of these Twitter and these millions of people that are constantly live streaming everything, everybody's accountable because you can't get away with what you could have gotten away with 20 years ago. Now, if you do something, it's all over the internet. It goes viral in five minutes. You don't have to just stop one newspaper from printing. Oh, there was a shooting here. Or, oh, this guy's convicted of corruption or Jeffrey Epstein in Florida. If there wasn't the internet, you never would have known about Epstein because he never would have left the West Palm Beach paper. And Lord knows New York Times isn't going to cover it. But because of TikTok and because people have to put up their own videos and go, hey, this is what's going on. Look what's going on in Australia, going on in France, going on in Germany. You don't see that anywhere. But if you go on TikTok, there's people posting videos of this is happening in my neighborhood. This is happening in my home. This is in a restaurant. You won't see that on other media. Because obviously it's all part of the big machine. Yeah, that's the greatest thing of the greatest gift. The only gift I think social media has ever given us is that it's accountability for everybody's actions. Well, and if you're thinking big instead of in, right in front of your face too, it's also showing you the way to have your own media organization. Yeah, it's showing you everything that's possible. I yeah. I remember waking up where for me I first recognized what it was that I was building because I didn't know. I just took a step in faith when I started. Sure, sure. But I didn't know what it was until sitting in downtown LA, downtown LA studios filming the Super Bowl commercial. Uh, oh my gosh, it's been three years now. 
It was a cool commercial, too. Huh? It was a cool commercial. That was fun. You didn't have hair that, was a dream. That was a dream commercial. Yeah. Um, But I remember being on set going, all of these businesses are here to support this commercial? Yeah. What would happen if we looked at ourselves as if we were the commercial and we had our hands in all of these different organizations or Mm -hmm. they were, you know what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Like I flipped my way of looking at it. And when I did that, I started going, wait a second, this is where you have the power. You become the media organization. You become the center of the universe, so to speak. And then you are making all, you're using your intellectual property to make all of these different businesses work, but work for you, not you working for them. Right. Right. And it, and then another year goes by and I had collected more intellectual property and remember sitting in the hotel at the Element in Bloomington Hotel, Element in Bloomington, uh, Minnesota, right next to the Mall of America, watching the city burn. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard God say, go. And I, for some reason, knew exactly what he meant. And, and everything just came together right at that moment. But realizing that, and it's in the and now now more years have passed and it's become more clear to me and more true that it is the only way to stay free and the one uh, one practical way to looking at it and i won't i'm actually going to save the question i have for you for another time okay um, because i want to have you back because i just love i love visiting with you yeah but the other the, the other thing that um uh the my train of thought i just lost it the uh the 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 media ah uh, uh, dad gummit I just lost it John it doesn't matter it's not that important yeah I mean, I mean you know what again <laughs> I think this is one of those post pandemic things that the media this is a whole new era of business and a whole new era of if you want to say income that has come out of this pandemic again of people sitting there at home going well, what the hell am I going to do? I got to do something. Let's start YouTubing. Let's start streaming. Let's start this. Let's start that. I mean, we were stuck at home for nine weeks. You know, it was on, it was on a Friday at three 30. We got uh, literally, we got a call that said, you got to close at five. Okay. How long is it going to last? Two weeks. Okay. It was nine weeks. Nine weeks. I sat at home. You know, <laughs> that was terrible. That was so boring. I could go to the gym. I was like inventing workouts. Yeah. I hated it. Could you like, I just want to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. The only thing um, I gained out of that time is wait, wait. No. <laughs> I know what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. A practical way of looking at the importance of a media company is that, say you don't believe that the government is a bunch of dictator evil clowns. Well, one thing you can't deny is that there's social scoring in China and Russia and other countries. Correct. Social scoring is coming to the United States. Correct. And it's, it's already set up for it. Um, the five eyes. The five, the five organ, the, there's five countries. It's called yep. the five yep. eyes. And they, that's the people. It's like the all seeing eye. Think it's of it this network. way. Yeah. Yeah. But they are part of the, the, your social score, your brand and your contribution to society is how you're scored. So if you are preparing yourself and in, in acting as a media organization, you are going to be in more of a position of power. You need to just sacrifice the idea of ha- be having privacy. So you might as well put it out there. Like if you're if you're a closet, whatever, you might as well just start talking about it because the whole world's going to know anyway. Because it's part of the social scoring. 
the reason why, like, you're going to have no secrets. Yeah. Like, you're no, where we are going, there's going to be no secrets and no privacy at all. None. Yeah. So you might as well be willing to just put it all out there now because it's going to get out anyway. Yeah. But look, look, it's contributing it. to your social score. This yeah. is why you need to do your media company. And there you have it. If you think about it in a simplest form, we already have it here. It's your bank statement. Your bank statement is your, is your social score. Where do you spend your money? What do you buy? What websites do you belong to? Remember when the, everybody got jammed up on that uh, Ashley Madison thing? Think, Man, listen. They, you. they have you on your bank statements and your credit cards. It, oh, and all those dirty apps that people to go to, me absolutely. included. I Trust me. I'm so grateful that we put the devil inside me out because I would have all kinds of like, like I'd have you, I'd be writing a lot of checks if I didn't write that book. But yeah. now I got no secrets, so I don't care. <laughs> so, it's, but, and congratulations on that, by the way. That's a hell thank of an accomplishment. No, nah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, it, it really is. Um, but yeah, no, man, they, they got you. They got you now. They, you, you know your credit score. You know you look at it and you want to buy a house. What's your credit score? You want to buy a car? What's your credit score? How do you determine your credit score? Well, what's on your bank statements? What's on your credit? What's on your credit card app? They got you. It's crazy. They, man. They, there's no way around it. You're stuck in the financial system. And who runs the financial system? Well, let's be honest. You know, you've got a select group of bankers that are running everything that go back, you know, hundreds of years, the same families. You know, it's like, oh, it's the Federal Reserve. You think the Federal Reserve isn't, you know, privately owned? Yeah, it has nothing federal about it. No. no. <laughs> hey, John, I, we're gonna, I have to have you back. Um, because God knows what else we could talk about, but oh, I, I appreciate I appreciate you being here. Uh, we're gonna do this again, but please plug everything. You have so many different amazing things that, that you've got going on. Um, <laughs> I feel like we didn't do it in justice, not really highlighting any of it. But please share with everybody. Just plug your businesses. Uh, plug what you're up to. Plug how people can find you. How people can support you. Have at it. Uh simplest easiest way to get a hold of me and get a hold of our business is kenosha tattoo company.com we are the number one tattoo shop in the area uh large tattoo shop in the area um recognized as best of kenosha for the past four years in a row and in 2021 we won best of one of the best of chicago land as well which is pretty cool so yeah stop on in come see us and uh, you want to get a hold of me email me there that's the best way to get that's the best way to do it awesome man john be blessed, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. See you, bye. John Principal, everyone. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Trust me. I, I, if I didn't have to use the restroom and had another meeting like in two minutes, I would have just kept talking to him. Uh, absolutely awesome. I, I, I love talking to the guy. Like I said, he's a friend of mine and just, just dig him. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. Uh, God bless you. And uh, oh, thank you to State and Liberty so much for the suit. You can go to stateandliberty.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund. Great for Christmas gifts, um, New Year's gifts, or just if you need a new suit, new wardrobe, check them out. They're amazing. Uh, also, give a shout out to Pathwater. Check them out online. Uh, drinkpathwater.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund there and save 20%. And there's always free shipping, by the way. Uh, and you're also helping the environment. So God bless them. And you're supporting our foundation too by buying that water and buying suits. And then also thank you to everyone supporting the devil inside me. The barcode is there. Uh, or just look up the devil inside me uh, on Google. 
and our name. So God bless you. Thank you so much. See you soon.